I took my grandson recently to UCLA to their botanical garden. And it's amazing to point out the different trees and bushes, but God bless UCLA because next to the plaque that tells you the name of the bush or the tree, for example, ginkgo biloba tells you all the medicinal effects of that tree that you're looking at, which is beautiful. So the connection and being aware of what nature can teach us goes beyond just listening to the bird tweet and it it goes deeper than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean there's and ginkgo is, is very important, especially in, in in Chinese medicine. Um and it's been investigated you know, there's some uh some connections, there's some indications that there may be some usefulness in, you know, the Western medicine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a fascinating one um, for several reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you know, if you walk around, that's a street tree. Um, and if you walk around during the fall, ginkgos are, are one of these trees that has males and females. And really? <laughs> yeah. So the females, and they tend not to plant the females because the females produce this fruit that, around September or October, if you're walking under one, you'll know it because all of a sudden it'll smell terrible. It just, it smells awful. Um, and it's, it sort of has this crinkled, yellowish, uh, decaying looking quality that, um, that must have been to attract some kind of animal that, that's long extinct now that, you know, would huh. eat this and, and carry the seed off to some other place. Hmm. In China, they take, you know, they, they go and they gather these up. They clean off the sort of disgusting outer fruit. And they they uh, roast the seeds inside, and they produce these sort of um, they're they're almost like gnocchi. Uh, it's mm. this kind of yeah, it's this kind of soft, um, very mellow tasting seed that that then is used in all kinds of Chinese cooking. And of course, Chinese cooking is just bound up 100% with Chinese medicine. So mm. you, know, you, you, you have the right meal to address the issue um, with whatever, whatever you're experiencing. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and that I, I don't know, I can, I can tell you the, the other reason I really love ginkgo trees, if, if you like. I do. Yeah. So um, the, the fascinating thing to me about ginkgo trees, I mentioned that these, they produced these fruits for probably some kind of animal that was like a squirrel that is now extinct. And extinct is the key word there because these are really living fossils. These are a, a yeah. tree that comes out of deep, deep time. So ginkgo trees used to be this part of this huge ginkgo fight family. Uh, yeah. It's somewhere they evolved right after ferns. They're really more like ferns than than other flowering plants and they used to be all over the world you see because they have the, those tough leaves you can really see them in fossils all over the world but then as, hmm. the, as the climate changed and it cooled and it warmed and the dinosaurs died off so did the ginkgo trees and they died out of north north america and they died out of europe um, and they at last were left in just one little valley in china and uh, and that was going to be the end of them. You know, all their relatives died completely. They were left all alone. If it, if we were as as alone as the ginkgo trees, all of our 
you know, all of the mammals would have been dead, all the monkeys, all the birds. The closest living relative that we'd have left would be something like a starfish. You know, just everything. Wow. There are these survivors out of deep time. And then the climate changed a little bit. They were able to hang on, and people came along. And they found these trees, and they thought, this, this is a cool tree. And, and it just so happens that they grow really well in cities. They grow in these tough situations where there's not a ton of light and there's pollution and they're between the sidewalks and people are spitting on them and throwing gum down, but they thrive. <laughs> and so out of all these environments that they were dying off and here comes this strange environment of the city where they're able to flourish and they, people found them and they brought them back to the Netherlands and then they brought them to botanical gardens in the U.S. and they spread across the world. And now they're in almost every city. So every time I see one of those, I think, gosh, here's this thing that's connected to to the dinosaurs, and I mean, wow, on it. you're amazing, Nate. Listen, can you hang on a second? Because I want to talk about what drew me to you to begin with, which is opening my back door and walking into my backyard and what the birds are saying now that spring is here. Can you hang on a second? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're talking to the great Nate Johnson, a naturalist, about the world that's right next to us that we need him to open our eyes and our ears. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.